1: What's up, man? Yo, dude. I'm so are. stoked that you decided that you'd be in the interview. So thank you so much.
2: Yeah, dude. I'm psyched to uh, I'm psyched to do it because it's your podcast. But then also, I have a new computer and uh, the laptop I used to use. My old laptop sucked with Zoom. Like, I don't know why. It's like a two, 2016 MacBook Pro. It's five years old, but I don't know. I have the same laptop at my day job, and I use that for Zoom like all the time at work. Fine. Yeah. And when I want to use my personal laptop, even when I w- would have to take work home with me. For whatever reason, the Wi Fi. And the laptop sucked, but right now, this is the first thing—the first Zoom I do with the new machine. Boom! You sound great. I we look great, dude. Yeah, we look fantastic. <laughs> we look like we look like we're brothers. We look at us, dude, bald and bearded, assumingly straight white men.
1: Yeah, I saw you in a picture <laughs> at one point, and I showed my wife, and she was like, "Who is like? Is that? Do you know him?" I was like, (laughs) I don't, but we look so similar.
2: Dude, we look like we are brought like we look like we could be cousins at the very least.
1: (laughs) Well, that's good because we both make toys too. So
2: we both make toys and we're both we're we're just great people.
1: Sweet. So you wanna like first let's start all the way at the top. Let's talk name, wicked joyful. You wanna explain where that comes from? Explain what you do and how long you've been doing this.
2: What's your what's your real name, by the way? Abraham. Abe? Yeah, that's fine. Or Abraham. What are people? I'm Nick, by the way.
1: Either one. You you choose. Whatever feels cool. more comfortable.
2: Let me think about, I just have to, I always, you know, the pandemic really fucked up like everything. But yeah. one thing, reoccurring thing that whenever people ask me like time, like time related things, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, like, okay. So, pand- So early- okay. I got it we start from here?
1: Sure. Cool. Well, hey, we're going to keep it all the names up, all, everything. And so go ahead. So let's start at your name. Let's talk when you started and then kind of what you do, where you fit in the bootleg sure. world.
2: Well, first off, Abe, thanks for having me. I am Nick. I go by Wicked Joyful on across all social media. And uh, I started making custom bootleg toys, custom action figures, uh, fine art. Um,
1: I love that term like
2: early 2019, we'll say like January or February 2019. Um, and I'll be totally honest with you so, like, for a while, I had been like collecting action figures and kind of all things like pop culture, vintage 80s, 90s, like pop culture. And I've got this room at my house, my nerd cave, where I just, like, fill it with all this, like, awesome VHS tapes. I have two arcade machines in there. And uh, just collect collecting all this these cool toys and stuff just became, like, a source of happiness. And then I had followed uh, a couple different bootleg toy people. I bought a couple pieces, and I was like, wait a second. I can do this because it was kind of like um, – a lot of my interests and abilities kind of rolled into one and as a means of self-expression as well. So I was a stand-up comedian. I am in a band. I've always kind of, you know, turned to art to express myself who I am. And uh, basically what I found is I could do that with this medium. So I was really just changing the medium that I was expressing myself in.
1: Wait, so, okay, we can't just gloss over that. You were, you're were you in a band or you were in a band and a stand-up comedian and you just yeah. transitioned completely to toys?
2: Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, I mean, like, um, I'm an obsessive creative. I have a day job in community media that I've had for 16 years. I'm an yeah. obsessive creative kind of to a fault. I think there's certain parts of my life that I – there's certain – sacrifices I've made in personal life to be able to sustain um, my creativity. Does mm. that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I I like. I That sounds like a very professional way to say that like you put your need for creativity first. And I love that.
2: I have. Uh, again, that's why I say I'm an obsessive creative kind of to a fault, but it also has helped me with my day job and it's also helped it and aside from just like soothing my soul i, I feel like being obsessive creative has helped me professionally and in, in in other ways and yeah i was i had i had i was in bands like years ago like my late teens early 20s i was in like a punk ska band and then you know i started doing stand-up like 2009 i started doing stand-up and because I had kind of a a background in performing and being on stage, I was super comfortable. So I, I found like opportunities came like really quick for me and um, it was a medium that I, I could excel in kind of quickly early on because, you know, I, I was confident and, you know, I, I got to do cool things. Like I opened for Bo Burnham and Andrew Dice Clay. I got passed by the laugh factory in 2012 so I, I very much did a lot of things that like comedians aspire to do. And even when I had started making the custom action figures, so like a lot of things. So I, I start my, actually my first custom action figure I made was a gift for a friend who's a comic Brody Stevens. And he mm. passed away before I got to send it to him. He had ended his own life. And, um, but I, it, so it was kind of weird that like, I'm, made this gift for france but i kept making the pieces and then i had started posting them online but then so that was 2019 beginning of 2019 by the end of 2019 i had developed a little bit of a following and then the bill burr piece went viral december 2019 the first fucking star wars uh mm. mayfeld piece went viral and got picked up by the boston globe so then like First week of February, I got a phone call. MSNBC needed a personality, a comedian, on Ari Melber's show. Okay. Um, which is a political show. I'm not a political comedian, but it's political show. It was the weekend of the New Hampshire primary, so like they were here. So it's kind of like a full studio. They're like, "Yeah, we want you on to do this segment." So that Friday night, I'm on MSNBC um, with Ari Melber as a com- as comedian Nicola Valley. Saturday, the next day, I'm doing my very first gallery as Wicked Joyful, Um, and I got that because of the Boston Globe piece. Wow. I left that gallery. I packed up all my shit, left that gallery, and then I went and opened um, for Lenny Clark, which was kind of like a bigger New England comic, but it was like 400 people up north in New Hampshire. And then, you know, and I'd been playing in my band. So it was like, I was doing all these creative things and kind of like what that weekend meant to me, like looking back in retrospect, is that I had to make a choice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like, and, and not just because, oh, Wicked Joyful is doing really well, but it was like, how much time do I have in a week? And yeah. also like, what makes me the most happy? mm You know, and it was like what I realized was Wicked Joyful makes me so, so happy versus like doing stand-up. Stand-up is a grind. And I had been doing it so long, you know, nights and weekends, a lot of Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, like doing stand-up. And then producing a weekly show here in my hometown with a lot of great comics. We bring in a lot of fucking killer comics. Like you can name if you're familiar with stand-up at all. Mm -hmm. If, um, you know, if you're, if you're looking at people who are kind of rising the ranks now, like they probably did my show. Yeah. So the past, like, so out through the course of the pandemic, not doing standup anymore, I was kind of doing more stuff with Wicked Joyful. I was like, man, this makes me feel good. I can set my own, like I'm. I'm not getting in a car and driving three or four hours to a hell gig, you know, like, or like spending a weekend somewhere. I don't want to be to talk about my dick, be another assumingly straight white male talking about his dick on stage. Like, I just, I just kind of got, I kind of grew out of it. And I, and I realized like, I can express myself through this medium. I just said a whole lot of shit.
1: I love it. I love it. Cause I have, So you had to make this choice of like what you wanted to do, but did the pandemic when that kicked off, I say it as if it was like a damn event, but like when the pandemic started, did that kind of make the decision for you to cut ties with doing comedy?
2: It solidified feelings that I had felt for a long time. Okay. And it gave me me an opportunity to reflect, like, do I want to do this? Does it make me happy? Yeah. Um, so it, it helped me in that sense. Um, so it's, it's super weird, by the way, it's super weird talking about stand up when it comes like almost at all. Like I'm just very much over it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: I had something that happened this morning where I'm like, yeah, I made the right decision. And I, I met a lot of amazing people doing it and I admire those that do it. And I have some really great friends that are excellent comedians and, that's the life that they've chosen. And I'm, I'm a cheerleader on the sidelines. Like it's awesome. It's just something I just don't really want to do anymore. You know, Wicked Joyful just makes me super happy, man. It, and, and, and the people I'm meeting are super cool. And it just, I'm living a more authentic life. That's what I yeah. keep telling people is that I'm, I'm finding ways to live more authentically. And um, my day job is overwhelming, but challenging, therefore fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I work in community media and I have for almost two decades. Um, I know I look great. I I don't look like (laughs) a guy who's had a career for two decades. I look, I look, I don't look a day over. um, I don't know. Uh, 28, 30. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but I've got more years than that. So like I'm living more authentically to self. And that's something I've been thinking about an awful lot lately Um, living more authentically to self, just doing the things that make me happy and doing less of the things that cause, you know, all those, you know, stress or anxiety and everything else. I'm also five and a half years sober. I don't drink alcohol and I I, I hopefully never will. And that's another thing that I have thankful, you know, wicked joyful in many ways has, um, continued, has enabled me to continue my sobriety in a lot of ways. Cause again, if I'm not staying busy and staying creative, then that's when, you know, I could potentially make bad decisions. So yeah. and I still play in a band. I play in a band called Donna Hurts, where like a power pop band. Very like late, very like nineties meets early two thousands. Like nineties like pop rock and alt rock meets like early two thousands, like pop punk. Very like get up kids meets Fountains of Wayne, meets Weezer, meets Alkaline Trio. Like that's kind of the smoking popes. They're like my favorite, one of my favorite bands. Love that. So I just told you a lot about myself. That's the hey, that's good.
1: I love that. So
2: and, and I don't even know how much of that was was interesting. <laughs> I, don't have, I, I don't know. All of okay. it. So I, I love these so.
1: interviews because I get to I get to give people a different side of what they don't normally see on Instagram, what they don't normally see through the toys or through the artists that create these toys. And so I think it's a cool yeah. little spotlight on you as a person. You know, you know,
2: you know who was you know, you know who was at the very f- that gallery I did. You know, I told you I had that weekend where it was like Ari Melber, I did Ari Melber as a stand up and then I had this yeah. gallery. Um Miles Sir collect a lot. He was a, he Miles. came to the gallery. He had just he had just started. Um and he he showed up. And I met I met him and he was super supportive because he was like trying to figure out his stuff too.
1: He's rad. I talk to Miles pretty regularly. It's cool to uh, get to talk to him. And he just started this jump into doing toys full time. So that's been a, a jump that people have been making that's lately. Wild. So I you use the word nostalgia and you have said like the 80s, 90s, and uh, thousands kind of toy pop culture area. And that's what it also says on your Instagram. And so that makes me think, um, one, the logo has that nostalgia feel because it has like the chattering teeth toy almost. So I love Mm -hmm. that. And then Wicked Joyful. So you want to break down the logo a little bit?
2: Yeah, so the logo and, yeah, Wicked Joyful. So the logo, my friend Yosef, uh, he designed the logo. I told him I wanted the chattering teeth with legs. And, and uh give him the name. And he was like then we talked for a while about like Nickelodeon aesthetic, like nineties aesthetic. Love that. So that's what we went with. Um the name Wicked Joyful, it's like a double entendre. You know, it's like Wicked Joyful. Um Wicked Joyful, like New England, wicked, fucking wicked kid. Yeah. Fucking wicked, joyful, dude. I'm fucking wicked, psyched. So like, there's the New England stuff to it, but then also I just like the yin and the yang, wicked and joyful. You know, wicked like mischievous, joyful obviously like happy. So it's kind of like a yin and yang. And if you look at the logo closely, between the wicked and joyful, there's two emojis on the side, and um, I'm I wish to pull I pull that
1: up real quick. I wish
2: I had one. I wish I had something right in front of me. I oh, yeah, yeah. Pizza. There's really closely, there's like um, a, a smiling emoji and a like mischievous emoji. Love that. Um. So that's the name. And I, I was shocked that it wasn't taken. <laughs> like I was like totally shocked. In fact, like when I came up with the name, I was like, yeah, Wicked Joyful. And like to me, that also represents like my perso- personality in so many different ways. I had a f- – friend of mine who had done this article about me when my band's record had come out and you know she had talked about like my music and my comedy and a couple different things
0: we interrupted this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this meanwhile in a galaxy of bootleg treasures dov2 we have engine failure we almost crash land on dke toy planet oh my we're doomed wait salvation hooray we're saved to deal 2 limited edition custom artist made action figures and dke toys check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog Hooray for custom action figures
2: dke um and the way that she described my like sense of humor personality she was kind of like he's got like the new New England saltiness to him, but he's like a sweet boy, you know? So I was like, Oh, like I am kind of these two, I am capable of being these like two things that kind of complement and contrast, you know, but never in like a harsh, like, um, you know, um, like, uh, like it's never, my wickedness is not angry or anything like, like play playfully mischievous, you know, mischievous is a good, so like, yeah, wicked, joyful. And it's just, it's just fun. Right, like it's a fun name, and I I was shocked it wasn't taken. So I registered the LLC and did all the biz, you know, the put it all in the books. And I was like, I got all the socials. I couldn't believe it. I got all the socials. Yeah, that's
1: that. In and of itself, I don't think people understand. Like that is such a good feeling when not only do you get the name, you get the social medias, you get all of those things. Yeah, because it is so like all these social medias and everything is so flooded now with everyone coming up with all kinds of random crap. And so now it's like, man, if I can get what I want, like amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good feeling, especially when like you feel like everything's been done before.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you
2: yes. know? Abe, I don't know how old you are.
1: I am 30 years old.
2: Um, I'm 42. Okay, And I you know, so even those 10 years, but it's like, I feel like, uh, you know, there's, there's moments where it's like, I felt like everything's been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, to like land the name, I mean, we probably as, as people who make bootleg toys, think about how exciting it is when like you make a piece and you beat a bunch of people, to it, right. Yeah. Like, like something in like pop culture or like, or like, or just an idea. Like you beat someone to you. Like, yes, I got enough fun to do this. Like, I don't know. Like, remember the Mike Pence fly? Like, oh there my was gosh. like yes. eight of them the same night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like It's like everybody did one. But it was kind of cool because like everybody in our scene was kind of like, yeah, of course, you know, we all did it. And it was cool to see like the different spins on it.
1: Yeah. And I think what was crazy about that is that like it was, man, I saw it. With my wife, we had just seen it happen. And I looked at her and I said, Honestly, give it 20 minutes. And she was like, No, it's going to take a little longer than that. And I think within 20 minutes, someone had already posted one. And then it just, my feed was filled with just the Mike Pence flies. And it was just so funny to see.
2: Yeah. Death by, I think, had the first one up.
1: And it was, it was rad. I think
2: I, I think I was I think I was fairly quick like the next morning. Mm.
1: So you create these toys based off of pop culture based off of um these celebrities or based off these almost like meme toys um which is an incredible thing. What is your speed? If you see something that you want to create, how quickly can you get them out usually?
2: Well, the first thing I should say is I I try to only make things that I love Love or like I like. And I I try to stick to that. Like, I'm not going to make it unless it's something I love, I enjoy, like whether that's a musician or a character from a movie or like an internet personality. So that's number one to me. Like, I got to make something I believe in. Right. Because then, because what am I doing is I'm inserting my personality. And I see, you know, I have all the respect in the world for all the all the folks who are making pieces and stuff or any sort of artists, whatever that they're doing. But every now and again, I'll jump on something timely that's in the news, like the mm-hmm. f- Mike Pence Fly did that. And then, you know, I made the Vanilla Isis figure and I reposted it when the insurrection happened. Mm. Um, so that was like a timely thing, but it was a o- slightly older piece but i have kind of made a point lately where it's like I just want to make the stuff I like I feel like I feel like i'm it's a better look and it feels better to like do stuff that's more inserting my personality. I'm saying that and probably next week something's gonna happen in news and I'm gonna make, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> make something you know yeah. I'm pretty quick with stuff though
1: yeah, which is like that i, I, I have been
2: pretty quick with stuff I'm trying to th-
1: yeah I respect artists that have that speed because i for sure there are days and weeks and months sometimes where it's like i gotta create and then it takes me too long to create the damn thing that i needed to create
2: yeah like um you know even like the when eric andre's movie came out bad trip Mm -hmm. like i didn't I, i knew i was gonna make a bad trip figure but i didn't make it until like three or four weeks after that movie had showed up on netflix uh, I'm just, like, scrolling through now some of the things that I had posted. But, like, the 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 Zoom cat I did pretty quick. The thing that does help me, I don't know what everyone's, obviously, everyone's situation is different. Yeah. I think what the thing that helped me early on, maybe it did, I don't know, like, I was just, like, working out of my house so I could work at all hours. So if something happened late at night or I, if I came home from work late at night, like, I could start working on stuff at, like, you know, 11 o'clock at night or midnight. And um, I, I don't have like a girl, a living girlfriend or a wife or anything that I'm going to be keeping up if I'm like running the Dremel tool. You know what I mean? Like I can kind of work all hours of the night. I, I recently moved stuff. I got a little studio space um, down in the, uh, where I live, there's like a mill yard. And so I rent a uh, space there, which is only like maybe, it's like t- barely 10 feet by 10 feet. But I have that set up like a shop too. So it's like a studio I can work out of. Plus it's like a shop so I can do shop stuff. Um, but this is a spare bedroom in my house you're looking at now. And I've got like packaging material behind me and like some boxes, like more like um, either packing material or like collector's cases and stuff. So I was trying to move all this stuff out of my house and do it in the studio. But now it's like between both this spare bedroom and the studio. is just like got so much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't stop, Abe.
1: Yeah. My workspace for sure. It started out as a desk in a closet so I could open it up and like work. And then it expanded Mm -hmm. to like that in a table and then that another table and this table. Like it just kept growing. And so I have to always have that conversation with my wife, where I'm like, okay, I'll taper it back a little bit before it grows again.
2: Yeah, what's that's interest? Like, I I'm I'm really interested. I love that you said your wife, because like, I when people ask me when when people not who don't make custom action figures, because it, sometimes it seems like there's a lot of us now, but there really isn't. Like, there's dude, there's like a million comedians. There's like a million bands yeah you know there's like a million people who ain't, like there's still not a whole lot of us i think it is growing it's like a growing like subculture and stuff but like i always make the joke and maybe it's because my crutch was like being self-deprecating but when people when people ask me like how did you get into this i'm just like oh just sheer loneliness like <laughs> no love in my life yeah but you have a wife <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah and it, it's yeah she's gracious. Nano has a wife, you know like everyone's yeah. got miles is married now, apparently. It's like okay, it's like like I just said this I just posted this morning on a uh, online somewhere I said um I said i I make custom action figures and I just committed to joining a ska band. like I am going to be so i'm I'm, I'm just gonna be unfuck forever. Yeah, unfuckable. Sorry, I fucked that up. Unfuckable forever.
1: Unfuckable.
0: But
2: that's not true.
0: We interrupt this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this.
1: Earth to
0: Aliens have landed. Earthling. I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Well, toys, you come to the right place? Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, toys, They're located over there at 836 Main Street, in Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and T-shirts t- designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. toys. Hey, look at that over there. It's a spaceship. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now, www.Earth2Kentucky.com. That's Earth2Kentucky.com. Or just land your spaceship when they're open.
2: (laughs) But that's not true because you have love in your life.
1: Yeah, I think it has only happened because of the type of person that she is. Um, she is just super laid back and is willing to let me work weird hours or let me do weird things. And she sees that this is something that I'm passionate about. And so she kind of just like, she's not into it, but she supports, luckily she is the person that supports that. So it's pretty rad to have around and to have her there.
2: I'm just looking through your stuff right now. It's cool.
1: Um, One of the questions or one of the things that drew me to your work when I first started was this little square I kept seeing on all of your pieces and I couldn't figure out what it was but it made me feel Mm -hmm. this like sense of nostalgia and I could for some reason it wouldn't click in and then I like zoomed Mm -hmm. in really far and it's that damn Toys R Us sticker that the price like thing and it's just yeah
2: man that was that was my like secret weapon
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's so good
2: that was my secret weapon dude yeah dude well that was i i continuously like look we all try to help we all push each other right like because we're all like inspired by and like we all push each other like the reason how i got into this was you know, I bought a Dan O'Brown piece. I got a super secret fun club piece. And I was like, I can do this. And I'd see their stuff and I'd be like, oh man, it's so good. And like, I never tried to mimic their style. I was like, I gotta, I'm gotta, going to figure out my own style. And I'd like to think I've developed one. But one of the things I've done, which is like a signature wicked joyful move, is that dead stock authentic Toys R Us price tag. Dude, it's I will show you.
1: Shut the hell up. That's amazing. Yeah, man. Oh, the beauty in that.
2: There it is.
1: So here's a question that comes with. I hope this. um like what happens if you run out of st- supplies on that? What happens if you run out of stickers or it runs out of ink? It, like are the is that replaceable?
2: I actually repaired. I have two of them. I had to repair one. I used parts on one to repair the other. Mm. And then I've got plenty of stock uh, as far as stickers goes, but I have a backup plan. Once I burn through, I mean, I have thousands of yeah. stickers, so I'm, I think I'm good, but I have a backup plan and I'm not going to tell you what it is. Cause it's a super secret.
1: That's good. That's good. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm stoked about that because that is, you're absolutely right. You have created this, your own signature on the piece, right? So we are all trying to make our own whatever. And I like, even in mine, I don't think I've found mine just yet, but yours is like you have that hint of nostalgia on every piece that goes out. So, like, when you, when you yeah, first thought of that I, idea, how was that? Like, what was, what was the thing that brought that to your forefront?
2: So, when I was, I actually worked at Toys R Us like late, late, um, my late teens Mm. and uh, I was the ticket guy so I was the guy who you're probably too young maybe a little too young to remember this remember when you go to Toys R Us and you'd pull a ticket to get a video game
1: oh I am too young for that
2: for those listening who know who are a little older than handsome Abe (laughs) um, you'd go to Toys R Us there'd be like these plastic like placards for the video games and then underneath would be like this little pouch and you pull a ticket and then like bring it up to like a security desk and give them the ticket they'd bring out the game so i used to print those tickets and i also used to price stuff so i remember the price gun and then i had seen a couple different people posting you know custom action figures bullet toys or whatever and they'd have a fake sticker and it wasn't like a toys r us sticker but it was like a fake like price tag so i thought like oh it'd be really cool to have like an actual price tag. And then I was like, well, shit, I, I need a Toys R Us price tag. So I, I did my research and I found them in the corners of the internet. I, I have price guns, some dead stock stickers, a lot of them. And I just started doing it. And I, and I also knew even before I got them, I'm like, these guns are going to be broken. So I ordered like new ink. I ordered another gun to make sure that I, like if I needed parts, and that's exactly what happened. Like the gun I got, the the price gun I got was broken, but I could use the other one parts. I fixed it up, and there it is, man. Rest is history, baby.
1: Oh, Do I believe
2: it, in the Second Amendment? Not entirely. But I got this guy. I got this bad boy. I got this Toys R Us price gun, baby. Yeah.
1: Oh, and it works so there good. Here it
2: is. Here I am, just wasting these things.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. sound. The sound. I, I is... probably
2: need to clean it. I probably. Yeah. Didn't include- I I well, I would. Say, I will say, like on the sticker itself, the thing is because people look at like the price is usually like insert little Easter eggs. So the price might be like the year the movie came out, or like mm. the the year the person was born, and then like up here you can ch- like this would be like a store code, or sometimes a UPC code. So I could change those numbers to, like, you know, the month and the year that the person was born or, like, the movie came out. So I try to put in, like, little Easter eggs in the in the sticker itself. So that just blew
1: my shit out of the water because that's amazing to have not only a piece of nostalgia but also have, like, a piece of, like, Easter egg stuff on the nostalgia. Like, you're just carrying this whole shit along. That's amazing. I yeah. love that.
2: I well, – again obsessive creative i'm a, i obsess on things and like and also that stuff is just like fun like that's a little fun little bonus some people picked up on it pretty quick like i'll get messages and people be like i can't Like what what are the numbers i can't figure it out or whatever and i'll have to tell them when i made that m&m's mom's spaghetti piece like there were so many people that like, especially on tiktok because that one was seen like two million times on tiktok and people were like how come it's a 20 uh twenty dollars and two cents and it was like no dude it's the year the movie came out Mm. 2002 yeah (laughs) so i do stuff like that so i have uh the two things i want to ask about
1: one you a while back i kept seeing cassettes come up on my feed and i couldn't figure out what it was and i why that was on my feed and it was the tony hawk pro skater uh album that you had put on cassette. Oh yeah. And
2: yeah. What was I mean, mixtape?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. What was the the reasoning that you decided to do the Tony Hawk mix mixtape? Um oh you got is, one. Man. I love it.
2: Um so I this had never been released on cassette and I was like how how has it or even like Tony Hawk soundtrack has never gotten like an official release for that matter. Um, so I was just like, I thought it'd be fun to have it on cassette. And I have a shit ton of cassettes in my nerd cave, like rack mount on the wall. Um, and I wanted one, <laughs> like I wanted it on cassette. <laughs> so, um, I worked with, uh, Cecilia Hotzler design. She designed a pennant for me. Um, that said, uh, stay joyful. And, um, I just thought it'd be fun and it's like cheap enough to do. I was like, if anyone buys, you know, the first 20 people who bought this pennant, like I'll send them a, mic, a free mixtape mm. and then that way I'm not selling copyrighted music. Cause I was just like including it free or whatever with the orders. So I made like, I think I ended up making like two dozen copies of the mixtape and it's the Tony Hawk one and two soundtrack plus like a couple bands that I like. Um, yeah. And I just thought it'd be fun, you know? Like that's the thing is like someone orders if someone orders an action figure from me like I always try to insert like fun extra stuff in there, and that's what I want to do, Abe. Like everything surrounding Wicked Joyful, like it's gotta it's gotta it's gotta bring joy to me while I'm making it, in the hopes that when it's posted or ultimately if someone buys it, like it just makes their day and makes them feel good, and like that's what I'm. That's why I make this stuff is I want to I make someone's dark day a little, feel a little bit brighter.
1: I love that. I love unboxing experiences that make what I bought worth it more. So when I open it, I want to feel yeah. something great. I, wanna, I don't want just the item. I want the item and I want the pieces of the artist in the box as well, which is crazy to say, but I just want to know that they cared enough about me to like make this a cool experience. So I love that you do that.
2: Yeah. That's um, and that's, that's kind of, I think that's part of my life's purpose at this point. And I think moving forward, um, you know, I hate saying post pandemic because it makes it seem like it's over. It's not. Yeah. And we've got a long ways to go. And um, you know, I think, for for most for a lot of us you know we've taken this time to use it as a, a transition kind of be introspective doing a little bit of reflection find figure out what makes us the most happy and how can we accentuate those parts of our life and this is something I started doing when I had quit drinking back in um, 2000 and, um, 2015. And, um, you know, I had to think about, you know, what I wanted from life. And I knew that I wanted to feel better and look better. And then uh, I, I, I had a lot more time to myself to figure out what made me happy. And, and, and I, I found a lot of those things. And then with the pandemic, especially early on, it was kind of like doing that again, you know, because here's the thing. Um, And I said this early on in the pandemic. I'm probably going off right now. And if there's someone listening to this and is like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? (laughs) Like, I get it. What the fuck am I talking about? Who am I? I'm not trying to – I hope I don't sound like I'm on a soapbox talking weird shit. But like, here's the thing. Especially early pandemic, what most of us have experienced if we – uh, through especially early pandemic as like rules were changing and like expectations of us and how to behave in society where you know wear a mask or you know stay in or, you, or your 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 work's office hours changed or your industry collapsed like all these different changes in our life what was happening was we were all grieving and it was the first time in our lifetime cuz like you could think about 911 right 911 mm-hmm you know, there was like 3,000, we'll say three to four, we'll say three to 4,000 families that grieved. That's a lot of people. They grieved the loss of the loved ones who might've lost their life. That's a lot of people. And then also people who, who didn't know anyone who was, you know, passed away on that day. But, you know, just knowing that there was that sheer volume of people that had died and it was a terrorist act and stuff like, yeah, we, we, you could say we grieved as like a country and stuff. Sure. But, what the pandemic to me was, it was global grief. And we know what the five stages of grieving are. And it's, it's, it's a, a, a anger.
0: We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this.
2: The bootleg Bible.
0: Okay, dude, why am I at the library? Shh, I'm looking for the bootleg Bible. The bootleg Bible? Shh, yeah. It's a beginner's guide to bootleg toy making. It helps aspiring artists make their own toys. You can order it at Blue Wait, we can order it? That's right. The Bootleg Bible Guide to Bootleg Toy Makers, published by Blue Monday Press. Includes interviews with bootleg artists like The Suckle Order, Obvious Plan, Larby World, Marquee Marauders Club, Bendor, Trap Toys, and art from a whole host of other artists all around the world. Also includes a step-by-step beginner's guide to bootleg toy making. So order yours today at Blue Why are we even at the library? No. Shh. The bootleg vinyl. Order now at
2: Denial, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And we were all doing that, especially early pandemic. We were all doing that. So, you know, with my sobriety, I did that. And now I was doing it again because, you know, my industry, my industry, change, my day job changed. I was working a lot more hours. I saw people like lose their jobs or get, you know, get laid off or they're on unemployment, they're all this stuff. And, and I watched people grieve. I watched people, you know, anger, depression, bargaining, all denial, all these things. And people are still doing it. Mm. I, early on, I accepted the pandemic for what it was, which was a time to grieve. We were, we were experiencing loss collectively for the first time ever and during that time I had to think about what what was going to make me the most happy if this were to end tomorrow right let's say that poof COVID-19's gone tomorrow what's going to make me the most happy and I knew that continuing wicked joyful was going to make me the most happy stand up doesn't make me happy don't want to do it anymore um the way I used to look at my day job wasn't i i've i've changed my attitude about my day job and my my role there is significantly different now because of the pandemic so it's like okay let's focus on that let's focus on the new stuff let's focus on Wicked joy let's focus on these things that make me happy and and i I think it was it's been a moment for, it's been it's been a chance for a, a lot of us to do that. And I get to and I and because of Wicked Joyful, I've I've gotten to you know get to meet people like you, Abe, and it's it's awesome.
1: Yeah, I it's been a cool thing to watch. I mean, uh, I the it's tough, right? Because in the midst of the grieving, we're able to watch people become more of who they are in that process as well. Like it forces us to change and to like refocus our lives it it forces us to face some demons it forces us to do things that make us happy and so we're seeing um in the midst of all this a lot of people that have come forward and started doing toys like that was what started happening and people that are starting to say like uh-huh. no i only want to do the things that make me happy or no i'm just not going to sacrifice my life for the good of a company that could give two shits about me and so I think uh-huh. though the pandemic took so much from us, it called us like into the reality of we got to face some shit and we got to reorient our lives, which I, I think actually some of us needed a lot, which I like.
2: Yeah. I agree uh, I, with that.
1: So I do have a uh, one thing that I want to talk to you about. I, I mean, as the last thing, cause we're, we're coming up on your time limit. So we got to close out soon. Um, but I, uh, the last thing is you do something that I don't see very many artists do, and it's it's amazing that you do it, and I haven't seen it happen. We usually go through like DKE or we go to Designer Con or San Diego Comic-Con, but you do pop-up shops, and yeah. I'm not entirely sure what that involves or what that fully looks like, but... If you want to describe, like maybe give us a glimpse at what that looks like when you do a pop-up shop because that's something that not very many artists are doing right now or toy artists, I should say.
2: Yeah, I want to do – and I'm going to do more of that because I this comes from me playing in punk bands and even in a lot of ways like doing stand-up is like, all right, like there's one thing to have your stuff online and – um there's one thing to have your stuff online and have an online shop, but it's like a totally different thing to be like out in public and like dealing with people and stuff. And like when I did that gallery early on, the one I had mentioned miles had come to that February of 2020, um, I, to me, I was like, someone asked to do a gallery and I was like, how about like, can we call it a pop-up shop? And they're like, yeah, it can be both. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Because for me, even the idea like gallery felt a little pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> um so learning from that experience, once I had my studio space set up, I was like I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going to set up my studio like a cool shop. Like there's cool shops in um I live in Manchester, New Hampshire, but there are there's there's not a whole lot of retail in our downtown. It's mostly like bars and restaurants, but like Places like Burlington, Vermont and Portland, Maine. Like if you ever come to New England, like spend a day in Boston, sure, whatever. Rent a car, go to Portland, Maine. Rent a car, go to Burlington, Vermont. Those are the cool places in New England. They're beautiful and they're like just like fun and the people are great. And there's all sorts of like cool like boutique retail at all these places and like, you know, hip stuff. Things you and I definitely like. And so I set up my studio like a shop, like that type of shop. So I have like tons of vintage stuff and then I have my own artwork. So like I'm opening it up and I call it a pop-up shop. But to me, it's like a proof of concept, you know, Hmm. for like an actual retail, Wicked Joyful retail footprint. Because when I originally got the name Wicked Joyful, I'm going to be super honest with you and your listeners. When I first got the name Wicked Joyful, when I just locked down the name, I was like, oh, I'm going to start like posting my, my vintage collection, like my, my own personal, like artifacts I've been collecting forever. And maybe I'll sell some. Cause like in hopes of like having a retail footprint, but then when I had started making the action figures, posting them there, I was like, oh, wait a second. This is cool. People are actually interested in my, in my custom action figures. So that kind of became the custom action figures kind of became the focal point of wicked joyful. Mm. Um, but what I, what I see for the future of it is like a pop-up shop, excuse me, a shop, like a retail footprint that I can sell my artwork, other people's artwork, whether it's custom action figures or a totally different medium mixed with vintage goods, neo vintage goods, gifts, like cool stuff. Like that's my, that's kind of my dream. As I, and as I inch towards a potential early retirement from my day job, like I'd like to like start putting the wheels in motion with that. So like I see my studio space and even the pop-up shops that I do, whether it's at my space or elsewhere, I, I see that as an opportunity to kind of get to meet people who follow me and get to converse with people that would be like-minded individuals who are into this sort of stuff.
1: I love that. I love that so much. We, because we have a couple toy shops that do something kind of like that. We have like E2K and Bootleg Bonanza and uh, Toy Cantina. And yes. they, it's just incredible that they're willing to um, like live out their own dream, but also like that pushes people forward in their art form and it pushes Bootleg more into this fine art world, as you so eloquently put it. Um but, yeah. and I love that. Abe, hey, where, where where are you located? I'm in San Diego in California.
2: Oh, okay, cool. I've been to that bar where uh, Top Gun was filled.
1: <laughs> when, it <comes> the, <laughs> the, the, when it comes to the bootleg toy scene, there's not much out here, uh, which is weird to say, because uh, we're far away from like the Kenner um like factory and all those things and where that was in the like Midwest, and then we're I hear about a lot of stuff happening in New York. You have like suck Lord and all those things, but yeah, it is what it is. But I, so the last part of this whole podcast that I love doing with the artists is you like the last, however long you want, plug everything, what you've got coming, what you want to share with us. If you have your own podcast, share that. If you have whatever you got, this is your time.
2: Well, first off, you know, I gave a lot of, I gave some shout outs earlier to like Sir lot, uh, who came by my gallery, you know, just as he was starting out. And then also Dan O'Brown, Hands of Doom, who I mm. absolutely love. And I uh, um, also, um, I didn't give a shout out to uh, Dollar Slice Bootlegs, who I love. And he was super encouraging to me early on. So I always like giving shout outs to him. And those guys that I just mentioned, um, but yeah, just follow me at Wicked Joyful on Instagram, Twitter. Go to wickedjoyful.com. You can find all my links. Say hi. Say hi. Like just holler at me. And um, I, I, I'm just looking for more folks to 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 be loyal to the joy. Like I just want to meet more folks. And um, and I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to book this thing where. Uh, in late October, what I want to do is like drive down the East coast and do pop-up shops at comic book stores, record stores, your mom's basement. I don't give a shit and like set up my stuff and hang for an hour or two and, and then just like move on and also like check out whatever town I'm in. And I want to just have an experience in the fall and I, I'm really hoping that people get vaccinated and, we, so that we're able to do that stuff and can continue seeing live music. I went to two concerts last week. It was fucking awesome. I love that. That, that pop-up. You told me to plug myself and I'm, I'm just like, get vaccinated. I want to go to shows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's, that's a good place to start. And I think that uh, uh, like having those pop-up that pop-up like vacation where you're driving down and having on those shows, that's amazing. Thank you so much for giving me your time and,
2: dude, I'm psyched that I got to meet you. I I have not had experience meeting any like-minded fool. I think it's just been awesome, and I'm glad that you and I have a, are friends now. Much love to your wife and your family, Abe.